the truth of the resurrection. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? But go, tell his disciples and Peter, He is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there, just as he told you. Mark 16, 5-7 He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again? Luke 24, 6-7 He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Matthew 28, 6. He was buried, and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. 1 Corinthians 15, 4. The crucifixion, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ stands as the distinct, crucial event in all human history that underpins and validates the claims of Jesus Christ made of himself, that he is the Son of God sent to take away the sins of the human race upon himself so that all who believe on him will have eternal life. These events are the foundation for the hope of the human soul. Yet, despite unrelenting efforts by skeptics to dismantle it, the crucifixion, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus continues to reverberate through the generations and across many cultures. For nearly two thousand years, skeptics have tried to put it to rest by ignoring it or rejecting it as hallucination or trickery or collusion amongst Jesus' followers. Quote, Yet when the evidence is faced squarely, it towers above its challengers, as Simon Greenleaf, an expert in legal evidence as the royal professor of law at Harvard in the early 19th century put it, a person who rejects, Christ, rejects Christ may choose to say that he does not accept it. He may not choose to say there is not enough evidence. Close quote. I will not go into the mountains of evidence, first-person accounts of account of encounters with the risen Jesus, his appearance in the upper room, then appearing to the five hundred and others. There are numerous first-person witnesses to the risen Jesus. You may wish to Google evidence of Jesus' resurrection. This search, for me, produced eight million eight hundred and forty thousand results. First Corinthians fifteen three to nine. For I passed on to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to that which the Scriptures foretold, and that he was buried, and that he was bodily raised on the third day according to that which the Scriptures foretold, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. After that he appeared to more than five hundred brothers and sisters at one time, the majority of whom are still alive, but some who have fallen asleep in death. Then he was seen by James, then by all the apostles, and last of all he appeared to me also. There are three truths that we know. 1. The tomb in which Jesus was buried was discovered empty by a group of women on Sunday morning following the crucifixion. The very tomb that had been sealed shut with a bullet that required multiple men to move and under constant guard by Roman soldiers. 2. Jesus appeared to the disciples in the upper room, then to the hundreds more. The disciples had real interactions with Jesus in the upper room, such as having conversations and sharing a meal. 3. As a result of this experience of the disciples and others with the risen Jesus, Christianity was established and grew throughout the region and then further into other countries, and continues to be preached and practiced today throughout the world nearly 2,000 years later. 
with much evidence from scholars, philosophers, scientists, and atheists of the impossibility of the resurrection being dismantled and disproven by other scholars, philosophers, and scientists, why then are so many willing to unbelieve and acknowledge the events surrounding Jesus' crucifixion, death, burial, and resurrection? Well, perhaps to acknowledge the facts and be in harmony with these events would be to agree that, one, the God-man Jesus did in fact live, breathe, and walk this earth, just as the scriptures and witnesses say he did, two, that in order to be resurrection, he would have had to die, three, therefore, the reports that he was actually scourged, beaten, and crucified are true, four, there is no ordinary man that would willingly take that punishment without a reason. The reason, us. He came as the Lamb of God to once and for all take the punishment for the sins of all of us, so that we, who believe on him, never have to suffer the final judgment of eternal death separated from God. The wrath of God was satisfied with the crucifixion and death of Jesus. The debt we owed because of our sins was completely removed. The price of complete forgiveness was perfectly paid. If Christ had not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in sins. 1 Corinthians 15:17. It is not that the resurrection of Jesus is the price paid for our sins. It is that the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus prove that he is the all-sufficient price for our redemption. So, if that man Jesus did all that for us, then it stands that we must admit there is no amount of work we can do or money we can donate that will vindicate us from our due punishment of eternal death and separation from God. We must now admit that we are all sinners in need of saving. And when we admit that we are in need of saving, then we must admit we are in need of a Savior, and His name is Jesus Christ. Gary Habermas, distinguished professor of apologetics and philosophy at Liberty University, has written and co-authored more than 20 books dealing with the resurrection. How many facts do you need to believe that America won the Revolutionary War? I can give you 21 historical evidences for why the tomb of Jesus was empty that Sunday morning. The most common objection to the resurrection is not that there's not enough evidence. The most common object objection is, I don't like it. Romans 4.25 He was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Romans 6.8-11 Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him, for we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. For those who reject the claims of Christ for emotional reasons, Habermas says that Christian love and kindness must be shown before most people are even ready to deal honestly with evidence. But for those who do embrace Christ Jesus, the resurrection has broad ramifications. Most of all, it offers a foretaste of things to come. So after all of this, what is the purpose and truth of the death and resurrection of Jesus? Justification, atonement, and redemption, each one a benefit of Christ's death, with one singular purpose, reconciliation. Jesus' death enables us to have a joy-filled relationship with God. Paul writes in Colossians 1, and 22, And although you were at one time estranged and alienated, hostile-minded towards him, participating in evil things, yet Christ has now reconciled you to God in his physical body through death, in order to present you before the Holy Father, blameless and beyond reproach. It is only through Jesus' death on the cross of Calvary, where he purchased our redemption and forgiveness with his very life, can we now have the benefit of a permanent and lasting relationship with God our Father. Perhaps during this Easter season you have thought about your own, your own eternity. Know this, 
There are two certainties in our lives. First, everyone is going to die someday. No one is going to escape it. And second, everyone is going to spend eternity somewhere. You are either going to spend it forgiven and redeemed in a relationship with God our Father in heaven, or you will spend it condemned and tortured and separated from God for all eternity in the pits of hell. It is your choice. During this Easter season, I would encourage those of you listening to this or reading this online to look at your own relationship with Jesus. Have you asked him into your life? Are you assured of your place for all eternity? I would encourage you, if you're questioning, to go to our website, www.titus345.com, and check out the Do You Know Jesus page. There you'll find resources, some questions to ponder, and most of all, you'll find a prayer. Say that prayer out loud by yourself. Do You don't need witnesses. Just say that prayer and ask Jesus to come into your life. Ask Him to take over. Ask Him to be your Lord and Savior. Ask Him to forgive your sins so that you can be assured of where you are going to spend eternity. Eternity is forever, my friends. Eternity is not a thousand years or a million years. It is forever. So at this Easter time, we wish you Easter blessings, happy Resurrection Day, and know that you are blessed and you are loved by the King. Thank you, and have a good day.